Well, welcome again to Hope. If you're new, uh, my name is Derek. I'm the pastor. I'd love to meet you. Uh, You can come grab me afterwards, and I'd love to get to know you. Uh, We are happy to have you here. We're excited to be here together, and we're excited to be studying God's Word. We are in the midst of a series on the Gospel of John, and we have been in kind of a mini-series on what's called the I Am Statements in John. It's where Jesus says, I am, and then he fills in the blank with some other things. And it's not only, as we've been saying, describing Jesus' character, but it's also where Jesus is repeatedly saying, I am the great I am. I am the creator of all things. I am the one who holds all things together. So we get to see a wonderful passage from John 10 today where Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. So if you've got a Bible, open it up to John chapter 10, or you can follow along with me uh, on the screen above. I'm starting in verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. That he who enters the door, or he enters by the door, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The stranger they will not follow. But they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and he leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again." This charge I have received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, truly we are thankful for your word that is a light to our feet, a lamp for our path, and for your Son who is our guide, our shepherd who lays himself down for us. Lord, let us know this good shepherd better as we study your word today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you, uh, if you ask my wife or really probably anybody in my family, they would say that I'm, I'm really not much of an animal person, to which I would reply, we own a dog and a cat. It's our third dog, third cat. We also have had in our house a fish, a lizard, a guinea pig, and chickens, Not in the house, but, you know, we've owned chickens. 
And I know many of you have probably owned all kinds of animals. My sister's here. She trains horses, big animals. But I uh, have never owned a sheep or a number of sheep. However, the people that I talk to that have been around sheep uh, will almost all tell you one thing, and that is that sheep are not the brightest bulbs in the box. Uh, they're not the sharpest tacks. They're whatever the idiom is you want to, uh, to use, sheep are just kind of stupid. And I was doing a little research about sheep, and a few things came up about how stupid sheep really are. And the first really is this, is that sheep uh, really just do whatever other sheep do. So they follow each other literally blindly. They just, if, if the group of sheep is doing something, then all of the sheep will do it. They literally will follow one another to slaughter. You know how when you were a kid and you said, um, Mom, I really want to go to the movies, and everybody's going to the movies. And remember what your mom's response was? Well, if everybody jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff too? That's what my mom would say to me. If you were a sheep, the answer would be, yeah, yeah, I'd probably do that, because everybody's jumping off cliffs. That's what sheep do. They just kind of do whatever other sheep do. Secondly, uh, when the shepherd is not around, the sheep get in fights a lot. They kind of bully each other. They're very social animals, so they like to be together, uh, but they kind of start fights. And especially some will bully others, and they'll keep them off the good grass, and they'll kind of find this territory all their own that they want to be theirs. And you know who usually the biggest culprit is? Sorry, it's the old women of the group. They're like the biggest bullies in the sheepfold. These old ewes who are just kicking everybody else off the nice green grass and taking it for themselves. And so generally speaking, all of the rest of the sheep kind of live these like nervous, anxious lives. I don't know if I'm going to be bullied today. What's going on, right? So they're stupid. They follow each other around everywhere. They're kind of nervous and anxious because they get in fights a lot. And then thirdly, they also just are real creatures of habit. They do the same thing over and over and over again. They will walk the same path, exactly the same path, so they dig these deep ruts in the ground. They will eat in the same place over and over, literally until the grass is completely gone. And they will ruin the grass there such that parasites will actually grow there and attach the sheep. And because everybody does what everybody else does, you know, then they take over the whole flock. They just kind of have some really dumb quirks to them. But here's the thing. If you search through the Bible and you're trying to find the way that God describes his people, there is one illustration that is used more than any other. Guess what it is? Sheep. The Bible over and over calls his people and human beings in general sheep. And I think if we really think about it, it probably makes some sense to us. You can go to any elementary school playground and find bullies and a bunch of other nervous kids. You can walk into any middle school lunchroom and find kids doing whatever any of the other kids are doing, being pressured by one another. You can go into any high schooler's room and find plenty of bad habits done over and over, and of course, it's not just the kids, is it? Adults do the same thing. We want to know what the influencers are doing we want to know what the popular people are doing, and we want to do exactly that. If you're successful, show me what to do, and I'll do it. And we use our power to either blatantly push others away or manipulate our way around. We fall into bad habits all of the time, sometimes for decades. Human beings need a guide. 
We need shepherds. God's people, even those who have been redeemed by Christ, who have been made new, we still struggle with the brokenness inside of us, and so we need a shepherd. We need a guide. So really our question this morning is which shepherds are we going to follow? And you know, this passage lays out a few different options for us. We have a few categories that we see here. We see, first of all, uh, that there's the category of the hired hands. Look again at verse 12, what Jesus says here. He says, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Jesus says that there's this category of shepherds that are hired hands. They don't own the sheep and so they don't know the sheep. And we've got plenty of these in our society. They are really outside influences that we turn to that aren't the real shepherds God has given us, but they are the outside influences that we think are going to lead us in the right paths. Maybe that is secular humanism for you or the people you know. This idea that the way to find joy and satisfaction and a settledness in my life is really that I pursue all of my own pleasure, is that I pursue all of my own freedom is that I put aside any constraints and I pursue that exclusively. Maybe that's the thing that entices your heart. Or maybe it's almost the opposite, right? It's, it's, it's the shepherd of moralism that says, really, if you want to be right in your own self, if you want to be right with others, and if you want to be right with God, then here's a list of the things that you've got to do. Check all the boxes and everything will be fine. Or maybe it's the shepherd of consumerism for you, that if I have the right stuff, or more of the right stuff, then I'll be happier. More stuff equals more happy. Had a friend in seminary that would say, nothing makes you feel better than a new sport coat. And he was a lawyer before he went to seminary, so he had a lot of new sport coats. Uh, And he's right, makes you feel good. But there's a spike, right, when you purchase something, when you get that thing that you're so excited about and your, your kind of pleasure spikes, but then it dives down pretty quickly afterwards. And that's true really of any ism. Maybe there's a spike at first, but it's always going to leave you wanting. It's like drinking salt water. Because an ism, if it's at the center of your life, is only going to use you. Did you hear what Jesus said about the hired hands? They don't know the sheep because they don't own the sheep. So they don't care about the sheep. And they leave them to be eaten and torn apart whenever difficulty comes. So there's the hired hands. There's another category Jesus introduces. We'll call them the other wayers. Look at uh, verse 1, actually. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. The other wayers, they seem kind of like insiders. They look like the shepherds. They're wearing shepherd clothing but they are imposters. They have not come in actually by the way of Christ, and they are holding something else, some other platform, more tightly than they are holding Jesus. And so the people that they are calling to follow them, they're calling to follow into another platform rather than into Christ. And the thing is that those who look like shepherds but have causes and platforms other than the person of Christ are labeled here as nothing but thieves and robbers. They are nothing but users and abusers of the sheep. 
Now, of course, again, it's hard to tell sometimes because these other wearers look like shepherds. They're talking the right language. They're wearing the right clothing. They seem like they make sense, but there's something that's just a little bit off. There are plenty of examples of this, but one, I think, pretty clear one happened in the 30s in Germany when so many of the churches had confused their identity in Christ with their national identity as Germans, and they had fused the two together such that they couldn't tell the difference anymore. And so what it meant to be a good Christian was simply to follow lockstep with the Nazi regime. And it looked kind of like Christianity from a distance. But once you really got down to it, those shepherds were not leading people to Jesus. They were leading people to Hitler. And of course, what we saw, the fallout of that, was the horrific abuse of millions of people. Anytime we are to confuse our Christian identity with any other identity, whether it be a national identity or a social identity or a cultural identity, then we are actually following shepherds that are thieves. We are not ending up in Jesus, with Jesus because we're coming in over the fence rather than through the door. And did you hear Jesus say that? Is that they don't know the sheep either. They simply want to use the sheep. As bad as that is, it actually gets worse. Because not only are there outside forces and influences that we follow, and not only are there those that seem like they're insiders because they're impersonating the shepherds, but there are actually, unfortunately, even some shepherds, some of those who are inside, who have been called to that place, who have been given the title, who have been given the responsibility of caring for God's people, who are actually leading them astray. I want to read to you a passage from, uh, from the prophet Ezekiel this morning. Ezekiel 34, if you want to follow along, you can, or you can just sit back and listen. Ezekiel was a prophet during the time that Israel uh, was, you know, went into to exile into Babylon. And what Ezekiel is saying here through this really incredibly difficult passage is that he is saying that the people who have been called to shepherd God's people are doing just the opposite. Just listen to the words Ezekiel uses here. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. And then he says in verse 10, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, and they may not be food for them. See, in Ezekiel's time, the people that were called to, to lead 
God's people, the kings and the priests and the prophets, the folks we would say now are the pastors and the church leaders called to care for God's people were not only not caring for them and leaving them open to, uh, to be devoured by the wolves around them, but if you heard even that turn at the very end of that passage, what Ezekiel says is not only are you letting them be eaten, you're consuming them yourself. You're supposed to protect the sheep and you are feeding on them. I don't know if you have followed um, the incredibly discouraging news of Ravi Zacharias. If you don't know that name, Zacharias was uh, a Christian apologist, a church leader, a speaker who would speak all around the world, defending the faith against uh, atheists and against uh, others. And we would have said that that Ravi Zacharias, from all appearances, uh, was an honorable man. He seemed to be above reproach. He had good theology. We would have kind of called him one of our guys. He seemed to be doing great things in the church. He died in May of 2020. And after his death, news began to pour out that he was not the man in private that he pretended to be in public, that he actually had been abusing multiple women for multiple years, that he would hire massage therapists and sexually abuse them, even rape them, that he had requested photos, illicit photos from hundreds of young women, and that even most insidiously, that he was doing it all under the guise of pastoring them. He would oftentimes pray with them or talk about their spiritual lives even while he was abusing them. It's the most horrific of things that could happen when there is one who is called to lead and care for God's people, who is all the while abusing God's people. We're left at a difficult point here (laughs) where we've got outsiders that gain our attention, where we have folks who look like they're supposed to be shepherds who are really doing nothing but stealing and robbing where we have shepherds who are called to care for God's people who are actually consuming them. So what do we do? Well, hallelujah, here's the good news, is that Jesus is the good shepherd. Let me just read you what he says one more time. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd shepherd. Friends, Jesus is not an outsider attempting to use. He is not uh, an other wayer attempting to steal, and he is not a bad shepherd attempting to consume. He is the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. He is different in so many ways. Let me just go through three quick ones. First of all, Jesus tells us that he knows his sheep. Jesus says the good shepherd knows the sheep The thief doesn't know them because he doesn't own them, but the good shepherd knows them. And he goes on to say something amazing. He says, just as I know my father and my father knows me, I know the sheep. Did you get that when I read that first? Just as I know the father, just as the second person of the Trinity knows God the Father, the first person of the Trinity, united together in one Godhead, just as close as they are, Jesus says, that's how close I know my sheep. 
If you belong to Jesus, you are united to him as close as he is to his Father. That is an incredible truth that the Bible proclaims. Jesus knows his sheep. Furthermore, he protects his sheep. He cares for them. He says the hired hand doesn't know the sheep. He doesn't own the sheep. So when the wolves come, when the difficulty comes, when the trial comes, the hired hand hightails it out of here. He leaves, and he leaves the sheep to defend themselves, which, by the way, remember, sheep are not all that good at defending themselves. And so he leaves the wolves to attack the sheep. But the good shepherd stays. He protects. He cares. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, of deep darkness, I won't fear because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me, they comfort me. Jesus protects his sheep. He stays when the going gets hard. And then thirdly, most importantly, Jesus sacrifices for his sheep. He says it three times in this passage. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. If Jesus says something more than once, you want to pay attention. And he says it three times here. I am the good shepherd. The way that I protect my sheep, the way that I love them, the way that I know them is that I die for them. The bad shepherds in Ezekiel were consuming the sheep. Jesus is consumed for the sheep. Jesus is consumed so that the sheep are not. The New Testament rings out with this truth. Listen to these passages. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might dare to die. But God showed his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In 2 Corinthians, he says, For our sake he made him sin, who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then Peter says in 1 Peter, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. See, Jesus' death is not just a martyr's death, right? A death for a cause. And it's not just a model death as an example of how we might sacrifice for another. No, it is an atoning death. It is a death that is meant to substitute for our own. Friends, we are the sheep in His hand, and our good shepherd has laid Himself down for us. So what are we to do? How do we close? Well, one other thing I found out about sheep, and it's actually good, maybe even the thing that distinguishes sheep more so than their stupidity. (laughs) Maybe even the thing that distinguishes sheep more so than their willingness to follow after another or their grumpiness or their old bad habits is this, is that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd intimately. They know their shepherd's smell. They know his mannerisms. They know when he walks into the field, they can just tell. And when he calls their name, they know his voice and they come. Jesus says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. They know the voice of the shepherd, and they respond. Friends, here's the application for us today. Get to know the voice of the good shepherd. Get to know the voice of the good shepherd so that it drowns out all the competing voices. 
Get to know the voice of the good shepherd so that it trains your heart to be discerning when the imposters come. Get to know the voice of the good shepherd so that your heart is drawn to follow him. We get to know it in his word. We get to know it as we gather together in community, as we lift our voices together. We get to know our good shepherd as we gather around his table. We get to know our good shepherd as we gather in each other's homes and our community groups. It's this voice of our shepherd whose mercy and grace is deep enough to cover the sins of stupid sheep and bad shepherds. It's this shepherd that we come running to. Let me pray that God would work in our hearts, that we would do that even today. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for giving us what we need, not what we deserve. Thank you for giving us a good shepherd who lays his life down for us. Thank you for giving us a good shepherd who knows us, who protects us. Lord, we pray that you would protect those who are being preyed upon and that you would turn the hearts of your shepherds to be pointing to the good shepherd so that it is you and you alone that become what we lead people to and that it is your voice that rings in our ears. We pray all of this. In the name of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, amen.